0: Get your head out of the clouds, get your feet
1: back on the ground, get stuck into pop culture with Stick Around.
2: Hello there and welcome to Stick
1: Around, the world's first podcast with a battle royale mode. Listen in as your hosts beat each other to a pulp to see who the last one is remaining conscious.
0: Sponsored by Onkin Frufu. Revamped and re released for the millennial generation with a special Pyongyang 2018 Winter Olympics Tamagotchi inside. Got to collect most of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. M- most of them. Yeah. I mean, what is that? Over 50%? Or, um,. How
1: do we define most? It's until you get bored, isn't
2: it? It's until you get to the one that
0: no, they've probably never actually put out in the shop, but it's on the front cover. Right. Okay. <laughs> if I remember, child, gathering childhood toys like I think I do.
2: Yeah. I, 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 Not was bitter. anybody else. <laughs> Not better at all. No. Was anybody else a big Pokemon card collector as a kid?
1: Um. Oh well, I still am. But <laughs> no, I, w- I wouldn't say big. I still, I still, I was about a year ago. I started collecting a few again. But yeah, I was as a kid. Definitely, it was fun. Although uh, someone stole mine, actually.
2: Really? Out of my locker.
1: Someone stole mine out of my locker. Oh no! I cried. Yeah, bit of a shit. Well, that's. He depressing. said it wasn't him, but I definitely, I definitely know who it was. Oh
2: so. no! Oh no! Oh well, um, you're here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
2: moving on. Life, life goes on. Uh, you're here for. It hasn't. I've never got it.
0: <laughs> Games
2: <laughs> episode 27. Uh, I'm Alex Wayne, your host for today, and I'm here with games experts Dave Peeling. Hello. Uh, cl- cl- I need to say Clive Flux there. Uh, Clive Fisher.
1: Oh, I see, I'm not a games
2: expert. He wishes. Oh, no, no, I said games Hi. experts. It was
1: plural. Oh, right. I mean, sorry. I'm however, for that you outburst,
2: you've been downgraded to correspondent. Games correspondent <laughs> Clive Fisher. <laughs> hi (laughs) and games expert james flux hello there everyone how are we all um this is the first new games podcast of the year new as in new content at least not top fives um but have we been playing many new games
1: yeah quite a lot i've been on a bit of a binge so i'm excited to talk about a few yeah i've picked up i've picked up a couple as well i've picked up a few new ones
3: um which made this this record a bit difficult because i oh. Only at the beginning of loads of games, I've got to find one yeah. that I can review. Mm. But I think I've, I think I've got a good one. So,
2: Dave,
0: I've played no new games.
3: No new games at all. <laughs> okay, right.
2: So I mean, honestly, well, honest, I, Dave,
0: well I, I, kind of have. I kind of
2: have. You kind of have. Okay. I've um, the only game I've really been playing. Well, there's two games: um, Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is not new, obviously, and uh, I've been playing quite a lot of Player Unknown Battleground, um, which. <laughs> seems what to on? be the in oh not on my xbox or on somebody else's
1: house oh right okay yeah, yeah. That Seem, seems
2: to be the new in game at the minute or at least among people i know flux i'm guessing you've played this uh do you know what
3: mate i haven't yeah um, okay obviously obviously i've heard of it and I've, I've seen it about a bit and people have recommended it but i've never actually picked it up yet but um i'm will i definitely will at some point probably just after it's uh in vogue and fashion and cool and drops out you know <laughs> I'll, I'll then get involved
2: well, it, I, mean, I I can't really decide how good it actually is. I just think the concept's really fun. You know, being on a map with 99 other people in a game where you're supposed to be surviving rather than looking for action.
1: I mean, uh, I know we're going to be talking about a game similar later, aren't we, Flux? So. We are, yes. Really? A bit of a clone. Okay. Yeah, so that we might get to that topic later.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, let's get things kicked off anyway. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Clive, because I believe you've got Ooh. more than one game.
1: I do have more than one game. Go ahead. Um, Right, okay. Well, I've been playing lots of stuff, as I've said. I have just finished one. I'm similar to Flux. I've started quite a few, um, but I have just finished one, mainly because I went to my mum's last night, and me and my little brother powered our way through to the finish. Um, And that's Celeste on the Nintendo Switch, which is a game that's come out this year, so very timely. It's a 2D platformer in a 16-bit visual style made by Matt Makes Games. Uh, that's the name of the, the company that made it. And released on, you know, all the stuff. Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox, probably Steam. Don't know. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I do I do really care. I love you Steam people. Um this is a game that I was was kind of on my radar, but I wasn't that I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to pick it up as soon as it comes out until it came out and got like lots of 10 out of 10s and it kind of for a game like this, it got I got a 10 on IGN for example, which for a game of this nature is pretty rare. I can't think of the last time a game, you know, sort of a retro-based game as well as this in terms of its critical reception, so I was like, right, I need to pick this up ASAP, and thus I did. You play as the protagonist Madeline, a girl who's trying to reach the peak of Celeste Mountain, hence the name of the game, um, as kind of an escape from her day-to-day life, I suppose. Gameplay-wise, it's you can obviously run and jump, it's a pla- It's a 2D platformer, uh, so you can run and jump, but uh, in addition to that, you've got... a uh, a couple of other moves, one being a dash, so you can jump and then dash in any direction in the air, so right, left, up, down, diagonally as well. Uh, and you, she can also grab onto things, so she can grab onto a vertical wall and with the right trigger, and you can climb up that wall for a certain amount of time until she runs out of stamina. And she can only hold onto the wall for a certain amount of time. So it's those sort of couple of basic moves, really, blink into the gameplay, and there's very little else in terms of your controls there is sometimes other things thrown onto the screen that do stuff like there's for example a bubble which if you go in it it gives you you can kind of dash out of it in a certain way and it gives you a free dash or there's like little diamonds that resets your dashes to give you an extra dash in midair things like that but um those are the basic controls it's screen based i suppose you could call it because it's it's very like you're on a screen and you need to get to the end of that screen and then it'll switch screens if you know what I mean. Sometimes one screen is, you know, does scroll up and down a little bit, but usually it's uh, very kind of distinctive. Okay, I can see where I need to get to before the screen's going to switch to the next screen, uh, and then it saves pretty much as soon as you get to that next screen. So it's very like tons and tons of checkpoints basically. And um, it literally, you know, every five, ten seconds, there's probably a checkpoint. Um, And you can, it's incredibly difficult, but because of the fact, and this might be similar to Cuphead, I suppose you'll uh, be able to clarify this, Flux, because I've not played Cuphead. It's very, it's ridiculously hard. You will die, like I died, I finished it yesterday with uh, my little brother, Nicky. Uh, We got, I think at the end of it, I had 2,200 deaths. Uh, which is a shit ton of deaths but because of, and I'm not usually someone who likes really frustrating difficult games and this didn't feel frustrating because of the fact that you could very clearly see where you needed to get to and it was literally about, you would die a shit ton but it was like a five, ten second thing that you needed to do to get to the end of it and when you die you respawn straight away back at the start and it's like I'll just have another go, I'll just have another go and each death doesn't feel like that much of a frustrating thing and you kind of I loved the way you get uh, a little bit better each time and you're getting a little bit further along the screen. You're like, okay, so here I need to dash up, right, and then blah, blah. And then you just keep getting better and better and better until you get it at the end. And it's really kind of good to see yourself doing that because at the start you're like, oh, this is impossible. There's way too many things I need to do. But, um, you know, five minutes later you've made it. <laughs> and that I think it's really well designed in that respect. It does have an um, assist mode, which you can... I've not really delved much into it. I finished the game um, without it. Not bragging. <laughs> but... But it was it was very hard. Um, I was tempted to turn it on on one particular screen where I got stuck for quite a while. But it sort of you can change like the speed down to eighty percent. You can make her uh, have unlimited dashes, uh, be able to grab onto the walls longer, things like that. Which you can kind of edit lots of different things to make it help you with specific things that you're struggling with. Which I think is cool because it means if you do get stuck on a bit that you find really frustrating, you can help yourself out and get past that screen, and then maybe turn it off again. Or it just makes it more. Um, accessible for someone who wants to um, access the story and isn't too bothered about having the difficulty in there. It does, apparently, I've not tried to change it to a mode, but it does give a bit of a disclaimer that it's designed to be played at the hard difficulty and that, in my opinion, links in really well with the story. I think there's a point to that it's not just pointlessly hard. It's There's, a, there's very much a point to it. Um, it has amazing level design, which I think if something is so simple it has to do. Um, and, you know, there's good variation in the different chapters that you go through. It just has this really great feel to it, but I think the core brilliance of the game is because of the fact the levels are so well designed and it's not designed in a way, at least not as uh, there is lots of post game content, which I'm sure gets really difficult. But (laughs) it's really difficult, like I've said, but it's never, doesn't ever feel like unforgiving and it's never, it doesn't feel like there's only one possible thing I can do here and I've got to nail every single thing perfectly uh, to get to the end. It's more like if I do everything, more or less right, I'm probably going to make it to the end, and I prefer that rather than having it, you know, you've got to get press certain buttons at exactly the right time. It's a bit more forgiving, even though it is still a very, very difficult game. The story is, we've got touted as being fantastic in this game, which I was surprised at, because games like this don't usually have much of a story, but it is, it really is a really touching, brilliant story. Um, It just centers on the girl, and I don't want to spoil much, I think the less you know, the better with this game, but essentially it's... A sort of an allegory i suppose for her conquering her anxiety in a way um and the way she the, all the characters and the, the dialogue and stuff and it's just really touching and i really really love the story i think that's one thing that this game has over any other 2d platformer. it's got a really really affecting story and it works really really well in the context of the game it's not it feels it really feels part of it, it doesn't feel tacked on it feels like the difficulty and of this game is links in with the fact that it's with the point it's trying to make and the message it's trying to give um the presentation it looks fantastic it's obviously like i said a sort of 16 bit almost snes style um look to it but it's the colors are beautiful it's everything's been really sort of lovingly crafted the music is definitely not 16 bit it's more advanced but it sounds a bit like if 16 bit music were to be played by proper instruments (laughs) and uh, it's really really good the way it as you kind of get through levels it'll sort of when you get past certain stages like new instruments come in and it really builds up the tension as you get towards the end of each chapter and i thought that was fantastic about it some uh chapters have music that's a bit more memorable than others but overall it was really really good music some of the best i've heard in a game like this it's I absolutely love this game. I think it's a classic of the genre. It's up there with my two other favourite 2D platformers, which are Rayman, Rayman Legends and Super Mario World, and probably surpasses both purely because neither of those has an affecting story like this one does. They're both terrific platformers, um, but this one, as well as being a terrific platformer, has a really fantastic message behind it, and it's just this wonderful package that when you get to the end of it, you're like, you feel like you've played something really, really special. This... Uh, this is almost certainly going to be in my top five at the end of the year, unless it's a ridiculous year, and it's going to take a lot to knock it off number one, because it's, I just found it an absolutely fantastic experience, and I've only got to the end of the story bit. Uh, I don't know if I'll play you much further, I'll see, but there's lots of post-game content which doesn't link into the story too much, as far as I know, but I've played, I think it took me about 11 hours to beat the, the main story, which I know a lot of people have beat it a lot faster than that, I'm not... The world's greatest video game. I'd say 2D platformers is one of the things I'm better at, but <laughs> uh, obviously not as good as some people. But I just absolutely love this game, and the you know the ending is perfect. It almost for me, it's almost like a bit of a shame that there's all this other stuff. Like you can collect strawberries, and there's as you go along, but it never says that that's particularly crucial. It always says, oh, it's just to show off. You don't have to get them, and I didn't particularly go for them at any point. It's something that if I wanted to replay it, I might try and collect all those, but. And having the extra post-game content almost makes it feel a bit too much, I suppose. But I think it's good. I'm happy that it's there because I think if I go back to the game, I'll be happy that those things are there because it adds a bit of replayability to it, even if it has meant that I've finished the game and then there's still this other thing at the end which didn't make it as satisfying to finish it, if you know what I mean. But I think it's good that that stuff's there and that there's added challenge for people. I know some people are just playing this to death and (laughs) uh, loving the ridiculous challenge of it. And it's... Yeah, such a surprise. Like like I said, it, this game was on my radar. It's not as if I hadn't heard of it. And I'd seen some videos and I was like, oh, it looks good. But I was not expecting it to love it this much. And yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And I've loved playing it on the Switch in particular because I've played it handheld quite a lot. And it's the perfect game for that. Also, quick note, I think it's... A lot of people say that you can't play 2D platformers with a analog stick. And they're a bit uh, snobby about having to play it on a D-pad. I much preferred playing this with an analog stick I think it's designed in a way that works yeah occasionally your diagonals won't register as where you wanted it to but it's because of the nature of you just get spawned back about two seconds ago it doesn't bother you that much and I preferred playing it in that sort of comfortable manner than you know craning my hands for a D-pad because I don't think any of the current consoles have a fantastic D-pad uh, that's particularly comfortable to use I prefer using the stick generally <laughs> and I think it works well with this I'd recommend playing it with a stick, but, you know, some people will differ. But, yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderful game. I think everyone should pick it up.
2: How much does this go for, Clive? Is it, like, a new game price, or is it...? Um...
1: £18. Pounds.
2: Oh, Because it's, a, it's an indie game, obviously. Yeah. This might be one yeah. for me to go for ne- once I've finished Breath of the Wild. I tend to only like to stick to one game at a time. Uh, especially... I think
1: you'll... Yeah, because of the way you like stories. Yeah, game. I don't know, I think you'll like this, I think you'll like it. It is hard, be It yeah, well. sounds good. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I am a big fan of uh, 2D platformers. I think I played, I know it's a very old game, I played Super Meat
1: Boy for the first time. Ah, this day. is, I've not played that, but this has drawn comparisons to that in its difficulty and the way. I think, meat is Meat Boy quite like you die and then you go back to pretty close to where you were as yeah, well? Yeah, generally. It's, I okay. mean, I
2: only played like a few levels and it was insanely right. hard,
1: but... um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's. I want to pick that one up because I've heard great things about that too.
2: Cool, Um, Dave. I know you're a Switch owner. I don't. I'm guessing the fact you haven't interjected means you haven't played this. But have you heard about it? Are you excited?
0: Um, No, I've not heard anything about it before. I've just introduced it there, but I'm excited based on um, based on the review I've just heard for sure.
2: Cool, Um, Flux. I know you don't have a Switch, but I'm guessing this would be up your street. um, Being a fan of it's on
1: all the other. It's on all the other stuff as well. Okay, right. Oh, fantastic.
2: Is this one you're familiar it, with, Flux?
3: Um, again, no. I'm sort of in the same camp as Dave that I'd not heard of it before. Clive mentioned it, but it sounds
1: really cool. I'm definitely. I'm surprised. It's got quite a lot of. Um, uh, well, everyone, all the podcasts I've been listening to have been talking about it <laughs> nonstop. But uh, I suppose that's because I listen to gaming pod, pod a lot of gaming podcasts. Oh, I can't,
0: yeah, I can't stand gaming
1: podcasts. Awful. Thing. Yeah, yeah, they are annoying, aren't they? Just any podcast
2: in in general right okay let's let's move uh move to bolton or more or less bolton as we always where is it exactly you live
3: Uh, west orton mate west orton Uh, i'm never gonna remember that i'm just gonna
2: continue (laughs) saying near bolton um right to near bolton where james flux has got some
3: up-to-date gaming review for us um yeah so the game that i've got um to review is fortnite battle royale developed by epic games and people can fly and published by epic games this was released in september 2017 um as a multiplayer mode of Fortnite, which was originally released in july 2017 albeit that it's in development it's a game that's been released during its development phase as uh is now the trend see you know um player unknown battlegrounds mm-hmm. uh, it's similar to um sort of player unknown battlegrounds i think in that The concept is a PvP 100-player survival mode. Um, It's much more cartoony in style than Player Unknown, so perhaps that's where its difference lies. Um, The aim of the game is to survive as long as possible The open-world environment that gradually shrinks as storm clouds um, swarm around you, and to eventually be the last player alive or part of the last team alive if you're in one of the squad modes. Um, the game plays a sort of cross between a standard third-person per- sh- third shooter and a Minecraft-style survival um, mode. Um, you start with nothing but a pickaxe or a similar sort of mining tool and a uh, dropped-in-the-world from a flying hot-air-balloon bus at the top of the map and you can go anywhere across the... or you can start anywhere across the large open world throughout which are scattered a series of weapons and pickups and things like that that will obviously help you to survive um, as the other 99 people attempt to do the same across the island. I mean, in terms of... I'll kick straight into the review, because there's no story or, or anything like that to, to really review. It's a straight-up multiplayer game. In terms of the pros, I think probably the, the biggest one is that it's free. Um, it's This game is what I think freemium-style games should be in that it's free, anyone can play it for free, they can play the whole gambit of the multiplayer mode for free, and that anyone can enjoy it in that that sort of way. There's no... The people that pay money, what they get if they want to do that and support the game, which I'm all for, is a kind of series of items and costumes and things that will adapt and personalise your character, but won't make them better than the character of the people that are playing for free so it's not like oh if you put some money in you'll be better than those other guys it's no you do you know what i mean you can customize yourself and you can make yourself look better and that's that's the reward that those people get but it's not that you'll be super awesome and will win every single round because you've put money in and those other guys haven't um and i think that's what sort of freemium should be it's an open playing field for everyone but those that want to support it get something but that what, that what they get doesn't detract from the people that are playing for free if you see what I mean um, and I think that, that that follows on into the second play which is that the game's pretty fair um, each time you're dropped into the environment no one can take any weapons in no one can take any armour in what you get is that pickaxe or, or equivalent and that is it and so everyone stands as much chance as everyone else of picking up an awesome weapon that will really help or picking up a booby trap or whatever it is that's going to help them survive everyone's got the same fair chance based on where they decide to land on the map and so it it sort of makes it fair for everyone again it doesn't necessarily give preference to people who have put money in or people that have played the game much longer it's absolutely fair for everyone every single time another pro of the game is where the concept is on surviving as long as possible it does reward different techniques it's not the same as a lot of shooters in that well, the focus is on getting as many kills as possible or at least getting the best kill-death ratio possible. That's what the focus is and that's how you win. You win by killing more people than people kill you, as it were. There are, The objective is survival. So if you survive by stealthing around the outside of the ever-decreasing map and trying to avoid trouble and not really getting involved in conflict, you'll be as successful as someone whose plan is I'm quite good at fighting and I'm going to go all out of salt and just try and kill as many other players as I can. It's about that balance. It's about using, hiding in a decent area when you've got one and playing a bit defensively and then playing aggressively when you need to or playing stealthily. And it's about mixing up those different techniques and different strategies to be successful. And all of them are to an extent successful, but down in other areas. And so I think it's a, a really fun way to play. It's a different take on sort of standard shooter genre um i think another massive pro of this game is that you don't have to wait when you die so commonly in a shooter when like either you'll respawn as part of that round but in this dynamic obviously that doesn't work the aim is survival but rather than dying and then having to wait for the round to end so that you can see where you placed or how who the winner was or anything like that there's absolutely none of that once you die that's it you can leave the lobby jump into a brand new game, irrespective of whether the one you've just left is still ongoing or not. You're no longer a part of it, so you can just jump out and jump straight into another game, which is brilliant. It means you're not waiting around after you die, going, oh, well, I died really early on, so I'm going to have to wait for 10 minutes for this round to end before I can pick something else up. No, you can just jump straight back into a different game and have another go. Um, and so, again, it's it's it, it keeps that sort of action going, it keeps the gameplay going, which is really good. Um, in terms of negatives, I think probably the first is that it's the same map every time. So the map is really, really big and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as long as the game goes on to obviously stop people from just hiding where they are on a massive map. And that's how obviously they control the game and make sure that people are moving and um, are getting involved and you can't just hide and not do anything for hours and hours and hours. To get, the map does get smaller and smaller and smaller. But it's the same massive map every time. And because the aim of the game is the same every time vis-a-vis survive... I can see that perhaps if you play it a lot, it might start to get a bit repetitive and you might start to go, oh yeah, I know where this is going or I know sort of roughly where I need to go on the map each time or things like that, depending on where the storm starts. And so that it maybe will get a bit repetitive after a while. Um, I think another con, and it's sort of the flip side to the fairness element, is that there is an aspect of chance to it and that sometimes that can lead to um, sort of not exactly an unfair death but if you and another player happen to parachute into the same area of the map if they land on what happens to be a gun weapon drop and you land on what's some materials for example for building something pretty unlikely that you're going to survive they're going to shoot you and kill you when there's not very much you can do about it and you might die very very quickly just by virtue of the fact that they happen to land on a weapon drop and you didn't you landed on something else and so that Whilst whilst it's there to promote fairness and stop people from just having really awesome weapons parachuting in, killing all the new people, actually sometimes it can have unfair results if you happen to get the bad luck of landing on a drop that's not actually that helpful to you um, straight away. Um, and then partly consequent from that element of luck, I think, and partly consequent from the fact that the items you get don't assist you, it's unclear if there's a kind of sense of progression really, I'm not too worried by that. I think the concept of the game is to go in and have fun and do you know what I mean? It's very it's very focused on that kind of getting quickly and have the action and have the fun and the, the gameplay itself. But for those people that do want a sort of, oh, I want structure, I want to feel like I'm progressing or feel like I'm getting better, it doesn't really have anything for you. Um, and so I think that some people might perhaps dislike that, although it's quite a nitpicky concern. In the same vein of nitpicking concerns there is a leveling up system which as far as I can see is absolutely pointless again it doesn't make you any better the whole concept is that everyone stands the same equal chance at the beginning of the round do really well get the really good weapons get the really awesome stuff help you what have you and so the concept of whether you're level 100 or level one doesn't really make any difference whatsoever and so I can't see any benefit to having a levelling up system. I don't see the need to have it when there is no progression to be had from earning those extra levels. But I suppose it perhaps provides a sense of achievement and development to some people. But as far as I can see, it's just trying to shoehorn that on when one doesn't really exist. Overall, I'm really enjoying it. I've only been playing it for a few days. But it's a really good mix of kind of fast, frantic, third-person shooter action when you've got a few people around you and you're trying to kill them to survive. Kind of interspersed with longer periods of exploration and sort of a, a almost a paranoid exploration. You try and walk around hoping you don't encounter anyone and just watching the number of people on the map tick down, tick down, knowing that you're getting more and more close to the finish line and being the last man alive. I think it's an an interesting concept, on the shooter in that again there are different strategies and different tactics that will help you survive you don't have to actually be that great at shooters if you manage to survive and fall into the last two all you've got to do is kill one guy to be the winner on the map whereas there's some people that might have killed 10 who died much much earlier because all they did was run around trying to kill people and eventually that got them killed um so yeah i'm really enjoying it i really like the cartoony style i really like the way that it is fair for everyone and it is freemium done right i think in that it doesn't give you an advantage vis-a-vis EA if you give us loads of money will make you better they don't do that Um, and so I think that's really good cool yeah this sounds like what you said it was very similar to
2: PlayerUnknown's Battleground it sounds almost identical except that you have to pay for PlayerUnknown's Battleground. I mean, so is it what what consoles is, is this available on? I'm sorry if you mentioned that, but I didn't catch it.
3: Uh, no, I didn't. I'm sorry, and it's all the usual. So it's available on Xbox. It's available on PlayStation, and I think it's available on PC as well. Whether that's via Steam or not, I don't know. But
2: yeah, I mean, um, as I said, I've only played Player Unknown's Battleground very about I don't know five times, but it struck me that it is a game that would get very repetitive after a while because. Just like the game you're talking about, it only has one map as such, but it seems to be a bit of a trend at the minute. I've noticed there's a similar looking game involving pirates that seems to be either out now or coming out
1: uh, what do you mean um, sea of thieves
2: it might be that yeah,
1: I've yeah I don't think that's more I don't think that's like battle <coughs> battle to the death, but it is everyone on one map at once type thing yeah. stealing loot getting loot and things. I think it's a bit different, but
2: it seems to be a bit of a trend.
1: Yeah, because apparently there's a rumour that the new Red Dead's going to have a Battle Royale mode. Uh, <laughs> so, we shall see.
2: Cool. Clive, um, uh, have you played this game?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've played this. Um, well, there's a of talk about pub- PUBG, uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, and I was intrigued by it, but because it costs money and I don't have a good PC or an Xbox, I couldn't play it. And then, um, So I was intrigued to try this out because it's apparently similar, and it definitely sounds it. It's really polished actually isn't it flux it's um apparently i've not played player on those battlegrounds but apparently it's more polished than that in terms of you know no frame rate dips it doesn't crash yeah i think there's no jankiness to it in particular
3: yeah i think that's partly because of the visual style where it's i think less yeah. realistic than player on those yeah maybe they've had to focus a lot on you know how visually good and impressive it and as you're exploring the map which because this has got a more cartoony style i think it it serves to make it flow a bit smoother. They don't really have to worry about amazing textures and stuff. It doesn't really matter because it's a cartoon style. You're not going, hang on. There's only five lines on that bit of wood. That doesn't look like a very realistic (laughs) bit of wood. It's just like, Oh, it's a (laughs) cartoony bit of wood. You know, it's, it's brown and rectangular. That'll do for a plank.
1: (laughs) No, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, that's probably is a, a big reason for it. And also, this is obviously based on um, Fortnite. Is a game I think to do with is it stopping zombies or something? As a team, it was. Uh, it's been developed for like you know five five odd years, and they made this mode out of that engine um, because of the popularity of PUBG. Basically, I think so. It's it's actually a separate game that you can pay for, uh, just called Fortnite. This is a specific mode, um, which is the free one. You can I my understanding is i don't
3: know i could be wrong but my understanding is that Fortnite's going to be made free like the main story main game's going to be made free at some point this year i think
1: oh all of it okay that's possible
3: yeah i think if you try and play the story mode it says like either you can pay to have it now as like an early unlock or but that the intent is that it will be free at some point this year so i presume running on the same freemium model they'll let you buy stuff and what have you to improve your character within the story and level you up faster um but that it'll be free if you just want to play through it, I think. Don't bother oh, okay, me, but cool. I think that's the case.
1: Yeah. Um interestingly Bex got into this game, which I did not expect. Um but I think it links in with something Flux was saying, that you can actually get pretty far by not doing any shooting. Um <coughs> in fact hiding uh, hiding away, just finding a house and hiding at the top of it can get you pretty damn far. And you can get to the last, like... Uh, Beck's got to the last three, for example, without having, you know, much shooting skill. Uh, in fact, it's hilarious. Whenever a person starts to shoot her, she basically screams and uh, throws the controller at me. But <laughs> 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 uh, she can get pretty far just by doing that. And that's still fun. So
3: yeah, it you does have a... I won my first match today as in last, last Man Standing winner. And I think I killed four people, I think. It was either yeah. three or four, and all of them were right at the end when the map was really tiny, and, yeah. you know, it was the, the last few people standing. You can definitely just run around and hide and um, kind of take differing routes and try and sort of balance the risk on where you think people are That's and cool.
1: survive and do really well. You definitely can. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely fun, and it has more of a – because of the – Fact you die, and it 's like a i don 't know you could have been alive for like fifteen minutes and be down to the last twenty. Your death feels a bit more important and impactful than if like you 're playing a you know, first person shooter and you know you 're dying ten times a game. Do you know what i mean <laughs> it has a very different feel to it you 're more bothered about dying, so when you see someone it 's more of an event, everything kind of feels a bit more tense I quite, kind of quite, I like that about this type of thing, and I think that 's why like this Battle Royale thing has taken off a bit because people are kind of getting into that. And also every game you play feels like its own little story, I suppose, because you land in a different place, you you know working your way across the map. So it's a cool way to play. I don't think I'll end up playing tons of it this year, but it's the kind of thing I think will I'll be dipping in and out of just to have a bit of fun. And I, I like the way you can't buy yourself to win and... Uh, it just feels like you're, you know, everyone's on a level play, playing field, basically. I mean, I don't know much about the building stuff, but that seems interesting as well. I don't know if you've done much about that flux. That's the one thing that I think settles it, uh, sets it apart from player on's Battleground that you can build like forts and things using resources. Yeah, the game I won, that's sort of how I won
3: in the end, is that I'd managed to get to, by coincidence, obviously as the map got smaller, I had to move a bit. I ended up yeah. on a hill, which was literally the last tiny bit of the land in the final map, and because I'd got to the top of this hill, and I, when there was a bit of storm left, I was like, I'm going to build myself a tower. I've got loads of resorters, and I'd sort of built a maze with a few traps and stuff in it. So eventually, when the map was tiny, the other people essentially had to run through my traps <laughs> to come and, to come and find me. So there was only one person that managed to get through without detonating a trap, and by that point, I was in a kind of safe area where I could hide behind walls, and they were out in the open. So um and that that's definitely and it allows you to get to different bits and stuff like that as well like you can build stairs and ramps and stuff like that which is actually really a really fun way of exploring the map that if you if there's a bit of the map you can't reach you can you just need to get more resources and build up and then knock and the ability to knock through walls as well is i think quite good so that if someone's hiding in a house and you know they're hiding in a house it, you don't have to go through the front door where they're going to wait for you and shoot you in the face you can try and build up break through the roof and then gradually go down and into the room where they're hiding through another way or knock down the knock down the back wall of the house and then run away so that they're suddenly exposed from their position of sort of camping safety you've suddenly just taken the wall away from them and everyone can see them and snipe them from a distance or something it's a it's it definitely gives you that that different aspect the ability to knock every literally everything that you can see almost you can destroy yeah. and then build something different which is a really fun way of uh
1: kind of bringing that minecraft element in it's a really good way it's it's for being a free game it's damn fun so i'd definitely recommend along with you people <laughs> downloading it and i think it's not particularly obtrusive in the way it makes you it's never like forcing you to buy stuff or you know thrusting it in your face i don't think particularly um if you want to make your character look different you have to pay but that doesn't bother me, and I think you can get plenty out of it without doing any of that stuff. And it's good that it's there because they've got to make some money with this game, obviously, <laughs> uh, but I think they've done it in a way that's not obtrusive.
2: My uh, first experience on uh, sorry to keep bringing it back up again, but on Player Unknown, um, I managed to run into somebody with a shotgun, uh, full body armor and a helmet, while I had nothing. Apparently, I achieved something unlikely by beating him to death with my bare hands. I can, o- <laughs> I can only assume yeah. I can only assume he was either really bad or I managed to find a glitch in the game where I pinned him up against a wall and then basically just kept hammering away at him. <laughs> Jesus! Which, you know that was a fun, fun entry into the game. Dave, have you played either of these games, or have you have any desire to? Uh, No, I've not played either of them. I did not fully appreciate that this was free uh, to play.
0: I've not really paid that much attention, but um, I'll definitely be giving it a download. I wish I'd known about it at the start of the weekend,
2: to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yeah. You could have had a fun weekend. Yeah, thanks, (laughs) thanks guys. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Okay. well, you've just heard from him briefly there, but we're now going to go to Dave for what he's got to say. Go ahead, Dave.
0: Thank you very much. So, um... Yeah, I've not been playing. Uh, uh, I've, not, I've not played anything new since uh, since we last spoke per se. Uh, but over Christmas, I did get a copy of *L.A. Noire* remastered for the Nintendo Switch. *L.A. Noire* came out in 2011, um, built by Rockstar, Well, not built by Rockstar, but a, a Rockstar release. It used um, some pretty innovative motion capture technology to to. To film people's faces and actions, uh, which which are embedded into the, into this game, which sees you take um, the role of uh, a detective, Cole Phelps in the LAPD, and as he as he investigates crimes, interrogates people, you use these facial cues provided by this motion capture technology to try and work out the motives um, behind uh, the crime that's taken place. Um, when when this game first came out in 2011, it was one of the bigger, more ambitious games of, of its time. Um, you play in an open world, Los Angeles. Crimes pop up all over that map and you can, in between different, um, different stations of each case, you can explore Los Angeles. Um, so it's quite jarring that here we are, seven years later, six years later, capable of playing this in... Uh, on a handheld device, um, the there are there are only really very few sacrifices that have been made in terms of um, kind of graphic performance. Uh, almost all of which are almost totally unnoticeable when you're playing the Switch undocked. A couple of the more glaring ones are some issues around draw distance when you're when you're driving around, but it doesn't take anything away from the way that the game plays, and certainly the the, uh, the 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 thorough investigative moments that you undertake when you are uh, combing a person's house for those bits and pieces of information that you need to to pin a guy down for the murder of his wife though all those bits they play absolutely perfectly there's no frame rate drop they 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 look wonderful just as they always did in particular the um, the the facial technology that allows you to work out whether or not someone is lying to you when you whilst you're asking them questions is still probably unmatched in 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 gaming I've I, I've not seen anything like it in terms of its in terms of its detail and in terms of um, its kind of storytelling through acting um, it, it's it's not something that you see in video games very much and it's um, something of a shame that um that that technology has kind of been lost to game developers through the kind of shocking business practices of the um of the developers the first time around. So uh in this in this in this remaster all the uh, all 21 cases from the original game are present, including all of the ones that were originally downloadable content. They've all been included into the game and it and um i i i totally failed to spot which ones were dlc uh, apart from one uh fairly uh, kind of egregious one that sees you climbing all over uh, the spruce goose <laughs> the um the the, the 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 storyline as i say it follows uh, detective Cole Phelps after he joins the LAPD after the end of the second world war all the action in this game takes place in 1947 and you start off uh, as Cole Phelps, a war hero back from his time in the US Marines, um, doing nothing wrong as he um, makes his way up from patrolman to be promoted as, uh, to, to be a detective. Thereafter, though, it appears um, that kind of the cracks start to show in his persona, and you realize that he has a much more checkered history. And again, makes clever use of flashbacks. And encounters with characters around L- around LA to reveal more and more about Cole's story, including pieces towards the end of the game where you take over as um, as, uh, uh, as as other characters to tell the story from a different angle, allowing you to find out more about um, more about Cole. The story is is fantastic. It's absolutely gripping. I I I'd, I'd forgotten great chunks of it from the first time and. I'm glad that I did because playing through this, the story draws you on. Some of the cases as as the story progresses occasionally get to be something towards repetitive, but then every now just as you just as you start to get that sense, the game often um uh often moves in quite a dramatic angle in a different direction and it speeds it, it balances the kind of slow relatively slow pernickety kind of um, detailed foraging around a, a crime scene with the interrogation sequences. It mixes those up with um, chase scenes and the occasional shootout and things like that. But um, they are not the focus of this game by any means. They add a kind of a small GTA-like element to them that kind of break up the way the the, the slower bits work. But if that is not the kind of thing that you're into... Um, three failed uh, playthroughs of of the driving or the shooting sequences will allow you to skip forwards to no cost to your ability to five star the the mission. So if you are just into it for the investigating and for the questioning and trying to piece together the clues to work out who did what, you know you can you can progress and in five star and hundred percent this game without having to worry about those those other elements. The 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 rec- the recreation of 1940s Los Angeles uh, is incredible. I absolutely love the way this game works. the the colours and the um, the kind of soft lighting really are incredibly evocative of the of the noir period. Um, the the one downside, however, is whilst Los Angeles here is recreated on a on a pretty large scale between Uh, from Hollywood down to downtown via Wilshire and I was quite interested to um, drive around the town recognising buildings and and routes that I made when I visited a few years back. There's um, a a lack of things to do in the city other than the missions and moving to the next phase in the investigation. um, There is nothing else that can be done in the town there are collectible vehicles, and police shields and some film spools, but they are literally just to be collected. They don't do anything, they don't play anything, they don't show you anything, they don't add anything to the game other than they are a thing to collect. And the game does not show you that they are there and does not drive you towards them. Occasionally you will come across one and that's the only way that you realise that these things are even in the game to collect a couple of the levels will in, will allow you to um, discover locations through your interrogations that can be visited in different orders and occasionally that will seemingly change the outcome of a case if you, if you go and visit a location when you've been told that um, a suspect is at a different location but looks to have spotted that is being followed and you don't go to that one first but go to the the location where the suspect isn't then you you may lose you may lose stars and you may lose the ability to to five star that that level and fight a misinformation that you otherwise could have gained however the majority of it is fairly linear in progression um albeit set in a in a relatively open world the only other thing uh that i think is worth mentioning is that they the playing this on the switch they have added some touchscreen controls you can um you can use the uh the, the motion sensors to rotate uh clues in your hands and move them around so you can find out more information about them and you can use the touch um you can use a touch screen to um to do some minor kind of motion controls. However the game definitely feels most natural when played um docked um with a with a with with your with your controller. Um, albeit when played on the larger screen some of those draw distance issues do, do become slightly more apparent. all in all this is this is an absolutely excellent port it's a brilliant a brilliant reinterpretation of a game that I loved um, the first time round the, the the mission layout of the game really plays well in a portable format the game itself is something around 12 to 15 hours long I I got a good 20 hours out of this when I replayed a couple of cases that I did particularly badly the first time around um but those those broken up missions mean that the you can um the the (coughs) the um the, the kind of sleep and put down kind of functionality of the Switch definitely lends itself to this game. You can pick it up, play a little bit of a mission, put it down, pick it up, and you won't have missed anything in it, and it totally works. And that's that again is to do with the kind of the relatively slow, methodical, thought out pace of the game. Um, so, yeah, anyone who played this the first time round, you'll absolutely love playing it again. Um, and I definitely re- recommend this, um, I re- yeah, I recommend this game to you guys.
2: I love the first um, version of this back in, was it really as far away as 2011? Yeah. That seems mad. Uh, Yeah, this is one of my all time favourite games. Um, I'm a sucker for kind of film noir um, and westerns, so Rockstar have produced two of my uh, more favourite games of recent times. This one blew my mind when I first um, played it. Is it, um, what kind of price is this port, Dave?
0: So I think when it first came out, it was around thirty pounds. I'm sure you can do it for a little bit less than that. So it's not not full price by any means for a Switch game, but it's not down in the indie prices yet. One one gripe I have with this game, I understand that it's an it's an issue with many more games than this, but it's it's a Switch issue, and it's to do with the way that Nintendo. Um, kind of sells its game cards to developers is that there is no way of buying this game without having to download an element of it. So, whereas on PlayStation, for example, you can either download a game from a PSN for that, you know, um, you can, allowing you to get it on the morning of release, you don't have to go out of your house, you don't have to change out of your sweaty boxer shorts and your your grease-stained <laughs> vest. Or you That's can life. you can you can you can run to the you can run to game, pay more than you should have done, but get straight back and uh install and go offline. This game card, it does warn you on the box, you buy it from a shop, bring it back, plug it in. It's not just a matter of there being game day updates, it literally doesn't have all of the game on the card. So you have to uh you have to download something like twenty or thirty gig of of the actual game so if you have no internet connection or an unreliable internet connection this may not be the game for you or at least playing it on the Switch Um, my understanding is that basically there are larger capacity cards out there that Nintendo make but they charge uh, an an amount that developers would much much rather have you download the information rather Mm.
2: than
1: the, uh, the card itself
2: Clive, any interest in this at all?
1: Um, I played it back on the PS3. I wasn't as high on it as you two. Um, I, you know, for me, it's like a seven out of ten type game. Really? I, I really enjoyed oh, it to start with. So wrong. I ra- well, I think a lot of people agree with me. But Anyway, <laughs> well,
2: um, you know, a lot of people you, like Nazis. A lot of people like Coldplay. Yeah. Not,
1: anyway, not I, I like. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I like Top Gear. I don't. I don't do shit. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it was fine to start with and then. but I think it sounds like one of my issues has been fixed in this because I don't remember being able to skip the chases and it used to piss me off that every case ended in having to chase someone around a block pretty much and that got repetitive and I just thought after about the fifth or sixth case that... I, I just got a bit bored and I was like, it felt a bit of a slog for me and I just didn't, I wasn't really into it anymore because it all felt a bit repetitive and it always ended in this, I don't know, go here, chase this guy, uh, go here, answer some questions, chase this guy, end of case, go another place, do the same thing again. That's what ended up for me. But, so I didn't really get into it. But I'm not as into the noir detective thing as you guys i don't think so that's probably a big part of it <laughs> i think it i think it's good and i think it did a lot of i love the way it did uh the facial animations and stuff and made it look like i think that was really unique and i think it pushed the envelope a bit in that respect but i think a lot of other things it did were a bit clunky for me when i played it back in the day It it does sound like they've fixed a few other things like i think one of the things that annoyed me was the fact that the your responses were very black and white and there wasn't like, even though you could pick the middle response, he would often say something then which was like totally not down the middle. And I'd be like, uh, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, but I think apparently they've fixed that a bit. They've ch- I think they've changed the options or something, or at least changed the way they're labelled. heard somewhere. Exactly, yeah. So, so
0: previously it used to be uh, truth, doubt and lie were your three options. Yeah. And lie was where you had evidence. They've now changed it to um, good cop, bad cop and accuse. Oh, that's it, yeah. And so accuse is when you have the evidence uh, but good cop bad cop um, the, I don't think the actual things that he says and does have been changed at all I think they've right, just, okay. just relabeled them and there are occasions where you, you, you press good cop and it's not that, that, that he then goes kind of in a more gentle line of questioning he just then seems to presu- he, he will then just presume that what the person said was true which is not the same thing as good cop necessarily as good cop bad cop you see what i mean so sometimes they yeah. are a little bit and there, there are occasions where this, the, the motion capture seems to suggest as far as as far as you can tell from everyone else that you've you've questioned that what they've just done is told a lie and actually you do it and you get it wrong because you should have said they were telling the truth and you that does irk you sometimes because there are occasions where it's not quite it's not quite as scientific
1: as you, you thought you were being yeah, and I suppose that at the at the time irked me a bit, and yeah, so I never I never got into it as much as. But I'm really happy that stuff like this is coming to the Switch, and uh, people are getting a lot of people who haven't played it are getting a chance to play it, and it's third party stuff going on the Switch, which is cool. Um, so happy that it's there, but it's not for me. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. Uh, Flux, did you play the original? I did play the original. Yeah, I, I, if I remember rightly, I didn't complete it, but um, I enjoyed enjoyed as much as I played of it. Um, as far as I remember, but again you know, five years ago or whatever, no more, what did you say, 2011 did you say? 2011, David? yeah yeah, seven years ago, so you know, my memory's not that great <laughs> um, but yeah, as far, as far as I remember, I didn't complete it but I enjoyed as far as I played of it which is it's, about as detailed as I can be yeah,
2: yeah. I mean I'm tempted to buy this again because I could comfortably, first time round when I completed it, I loved it, but I thought to myself well, I know who did did everything now uh, this is going to be difficult to replay, um, but I think it's been long enough that I probably would give it another go. Um, in fact, I think this... this I totally can't remember. Sorry, I totally can't yeah, I mean, remember. Yeah, I mean, I suppose this will be a litmus test to see which of us has got the better memory, but I don't think I'll remember either, so hopefully we'll be on the same boat. I think it's going to be between this and... Was it Celeste, your first game, Clive?
1: Mm. Um, yes, that's right. That's
2: for my next Switch purchase, so... who knows which way I'll go anyway we're going to go back to Clive in Sheffield uh, because I believe he's got another game to talk about
1: yeah I've just got one more um, which is Life is Strange Before the Storm on PS4 another game I finished at the start of this year again play uh, play this with Beck along with uh, Fortnite (laughs) This is um, prequel to Life is Strange, which was also on the PS4, and I'm assuming they're on Xbox, I should have researched this. Yes, they are, um, mate, I, yeah. Okay, cool. I or at least so.
3: Life is Strange definitely is, I don't know about this one. I'm pretty
1: sure this will be as well, then. And it features one of the main characters from that game, Chloe, and this, this is a prequel to that, like I've said, I won't go too much into the story of that game, because uh, it'll take ages, But and might be spoiler if someone who's not played it. Um, you essentially follow Chloe, uh, it's like a high school type drama thing, um, you follow Chloe, she's in high school. Uh, about through her time, through high school, it's she comes from a sort of difficult background. She's quite a bratty child. Uh, she's, you know, uh, pretty you know, mad at the world and a, a bit punky, I suppose. It's a story game, so I don't want to spoil anything. So that's about as far I'll go into kind of what um, the story involves. But in terms of the gameplay, it's the, re- the rewind mechanic that was in the first Life is Strange that people might know has gone, which is where you could kind of... In occasional segments, you could try things and then if it didn't go so well, rewind it, uh, try a different thing and see how that went because of uh, Max had this kind of supernatural ability to do that, one of the characters in the first game. Max isn't in this game, so that mechanic's gone. It's replaced with a cali- uh, mechanic called Talkback, which kind of involves you insulting uh, <laughs> various characters, almost sort of in a banterous way uh, to get them to do stuff for you, which... Is occasionally all right, but doesn't work that well in my opinion. It's it's all right. It adds a bit of a new dynamic, I suppose, but it's it's just okay, I suppose, is how I describe it. The gameplay is pretty basic. You walk around and interact with things, essentially talk and pick things up. Those are the two things you can do, really. She'll comment if you kind of look at certain things in a room, which might give you a bit more, you know, fill out the story a little bit more. It's very much a story game. Think uh, Telltale if you've played one of those, similar to that kind of vibe. The looks of it are starting to age. It still uses the Unity engine that the first Life is Strange used. And it, it's fine. It has this kind of cel-shaded look, which is quite nice. But it... I don't know. It's just... It's definitely aged. And it's looking like it could do with a, an upgrade. Because, um, you know, some of the animations feel very clunky. Some of the... You know, the, the, the cutscenes don't feel particularly immersive because of the... Because of those clunky animations. And, yeah, I just think it could do with a bit of a revamp on that front. And they should probably... Delve into getting a new engine for it if they do another game. Um, the voice acting is decent. It's never like amazing or anything, but it's not terrible. There's, there is some cringy moments, but it's usually because of the script rather than the voice acting, I think. The story is. it handles relationships well. The dialogue between the relationships is the game's real strength and the first game's real strength. It feels real, um, it feels how kids of this age would talk to each other. It's it's uh, at times you're like, oh, you know, it feels a bit like that's a ridiculous thing to say, but then when you think back to what the stuff you were doing when you were a teenager, you're like, oh yeah, I totally would have said that. And it's a <laughs> it's it feels really real in that sense and that's really the strength of both these games, I think, and what pulls a lot of people into them. Um, it's, it's, it has some really, really moving moments. It's got, you know, good soundtrack, kind of indie, sort of reverby, kind of a, often acoustic kind of soundtrack, which works really well. Um there's, it's not as good as the soundtrack for the first game, I don't think. There's still some good song choices in there. There's unfortunately also some kind of misses in there that kind of are, are a bit cringy a couple of times. But overall, I really enjoyed the, the story component. I think that's absolutely the game's strength. It's certainly not a gameplay game, but it does have a good story, and I think it. It was much better than I was expecting. I thought, oh, a prequel to something I didn't think needed a prequel. Um, and it is made by a different company that made the first game as well. And they've done all right with it. They've done all right. It's a decent game. It's a, you know, six, half, seven out of ten for me. If you haven't played Life is Strange, the original, play that instead, I'd say. If you haven't, you absolutely loved Life is Strange and you'll probably like this a lot too, because it is giving you a bit more information about those characters. And it does, uh, like I say, it does have a good story. And there are certain bits in it that are very moving and uh you know quite interesting takes on certain things if you didn't like life is strange then there's no way this is going to change your mind it's more of the same basically but yeah uh, it, I'm glad I have played it it's not it's not going to be on my list for the end of the year for definite but it was fun and I enjoyed it it's good to have a game that uh, to play with beck she she enjoyed it more than I did um, but it was just good to fun to play a game together and these types of more story based games are the ones that she tends to like playing so it's yeah. I'm glad we've played it, and yeah, I would recommend it if you love Life is Strange, the first one. If you didn't, then I don't think there's any need to pick this one up. I never got
2: round to playing the original. I think it was recommended to me though. I believe other people on the pod played Life is Strange though. Might be wrong.
3: Uh, I didn't, mate. I don't know if Dave has. I don't um, think they did. But
2: no, I've not. It's it's downloaded.
0: It's it's in it's in my queue.
3: Uh-huh, we'll get cool. to it.
2: I promise. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we've I'll got it all... you recorded now. Um, <laughs> so you know that's that's a verbal contract. How many new games have you played since the start of the year, then, Clive? Because you said you've been on a bit of a binge.
1: Um, well, I've also played the Zelda DLC, uh, which I've just finished, which I liked. It's more of the same. It's not amazing. Again, it's I'd give it about seven ish, just because it, it does add some more shrines and stuff and the story it has some story to it like the main game the story's not the main thing there's some nice shrines some of the better shrines in the game actually are in the dlc and it adds a few more bosses just sort of re- remixes of the current bosses really so it's, it's more of the same for me the thing that was good about it is that it got me back into zelda which and playing in that world which is fantastic and yeah i enjoyed it but it's more it doesn't do anything particularly fresh out of light if it had maybe a new area of a map or some sort of took things in a bit of a different direction did some introduced some new mechanic or something didn't do any of those things but well if you're loving zelda then totally worth you know the 18 quid to have an extra it's you know it's 10 or 12 hours of extra gameplay so Mm. if you're loving what you're doing then i for it. I'm very
2: much, it's taking me, I'm I'm kind of going through it quite slowly but that's cool. not to say I'm not really enjoying it I'm just finding it difficult to put in the time I think it was a lot easier yeah, yeah. with Mario Odyssey because you could just literally play a level and then you were done for a bit.
1: Yeah it's a game where you have to kind of sit for a bit <laughs> Yeah, well, that's how you get stuff done anyway it does suck up your time, it's like you know I've spent I think probably like 100 hours now on it which is rare for me in one game but yeah it's and i've been i've just got shadow of the colossus the remake i've only just started it i'm enjoying that so i'll talk about that next time probably did you end up playing the last guardian um i've got it still i started it and i i I will play it but i just found the controls irritated me like within about 10 minutes i found the way he ran around a bit it's a thing that i always have having like when i play like a nintendo game and then go into a a different one that the the I don't know the the moving round just feels clunky in comparison in a lot of other games I think and particularly because it had a bit of platformy stuff in there it didn't feel accurate I do want to go back to it because I did enjoy it um, is
2: really good honestly it's it's so charming um, but
1: but yeah, yeah some of the control stuff made it a bit made me bounce off it a bit but I will I will go back to it because you know yeah, I'm sure it's really good I just need to play it when I'm feeling a bit more patient. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right, okay. Um so do we have any big releases coming up soon? Uh, I feel like I feel like we must be due a huge game
1: release sometime in the near future. Uh well, I guess Spider-Man's supposed to be coming this year, not that near. I suspect it'll be delayed. Got Red Dead at the end of the year, obviously. Last of Us will be delayed till next year, I almost guarantee. Um
2: What is it with so. games and always getting delayed? everything every i know i know the harder to make probably but why do they set these dates and then they to fail to hit them
1: mm. because i th- they just set the well i think certain companies in e3 are particularly bad for it they're like oh we'll show a trailer for this thing that's out in three years it's like you can't really guess that you're going to get that done in three years because that's such a big <laughs> i don't know it's just like why would you set they always get delayed they're just too optimistic really i suppose because it sounds better to have it sound it's coming out in 2 years than say it's coming out in 3 years and or but i'd no. rather i'd rather they delay it and make it decent than push it out and it's you know janky I, think I don't
2: really i don't really mind the trailers but at the end of you know the trailers at e3 i don't want to see a you know may 2018 or whatever i want to see it's done when it's done and,
1: um, yeah, they might. That's what they should just do. Coming soon. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, or well, in the in the relative near future. Yeah.
1: Well, the other the other
0: the other incentive is that they make a lot of money from pre-orders, don't they? Um, right, yeah, yeah, okay, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah.
0: So there's no there's no there's no advantage to you buying a cinema ticket early, but um, you know they promise you more bonus things if you spend more money in advance and get ahead of other people and things and then you need to pin some kind of date don't you so i wonder if that's part of it there's Probably. uh the there are undoubtedly going to be on the nose far cry 5 coming out in the spring i know that's not <laughs> i know that's not for everyone but that's going to be set in basically in trump's south and you're going to have to go and defeat uh, an alt-right uh, militia in south of America in actual bon- properly named identified parts of America, which is fascinating. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. Yeah.
2: Like fi- final boss battle in Charlottesville.
0: Yeah, something <laughs> like that. God. I can't remember. It's Kentucky or Tennessee? Oh, Montana. There we
1: go. Mm. Um, not a big one. I'm I'm quite excited for a game called Owlboy coming out, which is like a 2D platformer, uh, which is coming out everywhere I think uh, in about a few days. I think so. If that gets good reviews, I'll be picking that up um there's bayonetta 2 coming out on the switch uh, the port of the game on the wii u which i never got to play so i might get around to that um, Sea of thief
3: is in march i think isn't it or set, to set yeah
1: in march i think that
3: which a lot, is I know intriguing a lot of Xbox people are excited for so. yeah um it's only are you going to go for it flux? i'm not, not i'm yeah i'm okay. not particularly infused by it but i i might get swayed if if people love it i might get swayed
1: what do you think about this um, Xbox Live Game Pass where they're giving away their... So it's, it's $10 a month, and they're putting all their first-party games on there for... You get it for free, basically, don't you, on launch. So see if these will be the first one, I think. If you're paying your $10 a month, you get that game for free. I mean, as, I definitely... As part of the package.
3: Yeah, I definitely... I'm not sure I'll do it, but I definitely think it's an intriguing prospect to go with. It kind of effectively, it's going the Netflix model, isn't it? It's yeah, definitely. Just pays just pays your money on a sort of regular basis, and you can have any game you want. Obviously, obviously that's uploaded to the system. But and I I think it's an intriguing model to try. And, mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure whether whether i'm going to do it but it's it do you know what i mean i think it's definitely an interesting thing to try and i'm intrigued to see how it goes and whether yeah. people start to copy it I'm, i think it would be difficult for nintendo to copy because obviously a lot of their games are first party games yeah so it would have I mean, to be more expensive yeah <laughs> um yeah. and i i'm not sure that's necessarily nintendo's model but i could maybe see sony doing it as a competition and then Hmm. and then obviously buying up studios and it's an it it, i'm interested to see how it goes i think it's an i think it's a good idea to try it. i definitely think it's um i can i could see if it's successful that might be the way that games go the same way it's the way that tv has to an extent gone um but yeah, so I'm not like I say, I'm not sure if I'm going to get it straight away on launch, but I'm definitely intrigued to see how it goes. I'm going to keep my eye.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people it's interest. I think it's a really bold move from Xbox. Um it's it's cool. I think it might it might end up paving away like you say for other companies to do a similar thing and cuz they're kind of losing at the minute, so to speak, they need to do something. Um so this is a interesting move. And I, but I think it'll lead I think a lot of people probably will be like, "Oh well, cuz you can just buy one month subscription as far as I'm aware." So instead of going like oh we'll see if thieves 40 dollars, i'm just going to pay ten dollars for a month subscription and then uh you know once I finish the game cancel my subscription (laughs) or once I've got bored of it and then you've only paid $10 for it Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of that but I think there'll also be a lot of people who sign up for it and forget to uh, cancel it and probably make a lot of money that way so it'll be interesting I think it's interesting because Microsoft's the company that makes the least first party games so it's probably less of a good deal in there but it is I mean I think $10 a month is very reasonable for what they're offering so we'll see
3: No, absolutely. And I think it's the, to an extent, I don't, I'm not sure Microsoft would be too worried if that's what people did, if you see what I mean. Like, I I think the thing is, is that obviously when you make a game and you ship it and what have you, you know, people take a cut, the more people you involve the, you know, the games take, the game shops take a percentage in profit and the distributors take a certain amount. And so actually it's probably less money to provide it direct in the manner that they're thinking of for first party. Titles, yeah certainly, sure. so that I, i'm not sure how much they will act, actually lose if you pay a certain like you, you pay just for one month and then try and complete one game in one month rather mm. than going out and buy the game i'm not sure how much i'm sure there might be a bit of a loss on it but i'm not sure how much microsoft will lose and i think the thing is much like the sort of netflix and the netflix model works like look have a month free see what we've got I think once people are in and have signed up and they're looking at what's available, they might be like, oh, well, actually, maybe I'll keep it for another month because I really want to play such and such. And that, that that's obviously how yeah, yeah, things totally. spiral, isn't it? More games get added to the list of, oh, I really want to play this. And then when a release comes out, more people sign up and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. I think it's, like you say, I think it's a, a bold move from Microsoft, but I think, I think it's, a, I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes. I think it's a, pro- possibly a quite a good move on their part. Um hmm. And obviously there have been similar things from Microsoft hanging around in the background for a a while. I think it's the Sea of Thieves, I think, is a a relaunch of the same same concept, which has been hanging around through gold with them for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes.
2: Cool. Right,
3: Okay. Um,
2: I believe that about wraps us up for today. I believe, don't we have a new gimmick at this point, Clive? We're not doing, we've run out of plug-based You mean we've renamed
1: it? Yeah, we've... You renamed it something, but I can't remember what it was.
2: It was something like Super Happy Fun Time Commercial Enterprise Zone, or something like that. It wasn't as long as
1: that, but... Do you feel you could
2: shout that enthusiastically? Super Happy what? Fun Time Commercial Expansion Zone.
3: (laughs) What I like is that that's that's one word longer than when you described it before, and that word is expansion. Irony is that the
1: word expansion has expanded it. <laughs> Clive, just um, I'm go definitely for it. not writing this down. Just go for it.
0: I really do you oh. not do you not feel like this. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's all getting very confused. You not feel like this section needs a bit of a spark?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, he's Clive. Of another Clive one.
0: Do you do you have anything that might give this bit? a spark
1: I've got I've, I've got a plug I could, I could I could is it time for it um yes Not plug that,
2: time I mean my watch is a few minutes out but yeah <laughs>
1: well you're still on super happy fun time expansion zone time we're on plug time! Which is more exciting. <laughs> Get in contact with the show. Stick around podcast at gmail.com or oh, there's a lovely new form at stickaroundpodcast.com slash contact. Uh, you can fill out a form, you can press drop down menus, all those things that are really exciting to do on the interweb. Stick we've got articles, we've got our latest uh, episodes on there. Well, there's all the episodes on there actually, if you wanna probably hours worth of content. Hours and hours. Um, we're on act, at at stick around on Twitter slash stick around podcast on Facebook, and we're on slash stick around podcast on Instagram. You can also ugh, no, you can't. We're gonna we're gonna set up a web uh linky. I'm just doing it now, right now actually. The just giving page where you can uh, donate some money to shelter in our name. Um, if you you know if you listen to the podcast, it's worth some money to you. Uh, give that money to shelter and help. Uh, help out the homeless people in the UK. I believe, it is just a UK charity, isn't it? Uh, I believe. I believe
2: so. I believe so. Either way, uh, it's because... going for a good
1: cause.
0: If you don't think that dirty freeloaders deserve your money, and actually people putting in the effort to create content, <laughs> is your bag. Get a Patreon, right, guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... Get this guy off. Get this guy off. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring balance. <laughs> balance. <laughs> Like
3: well, the BBC, to the we've got we've got you know be kind and caring on the one hand, but then also you know be terrible on the other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, That's definitely how it works. Yeah, <laughs> other views are available. That sort of a deal. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> not
2: on this podcast, but uh, right, uh, we'll <laughs> <That's> be back. <laughs> we'll be back next time. I believe it is time for you can hear me delaying things while I look things up. Um, it is. De- Uh, I believe it's books or TV shows, probably. What's the difference? Uh, Yeah, one's just a visual representation. Um, Yeah, so come back next time for our first new content edition of TV or our first books episode of the podcast, of the year, sorry. James Flux, you've been fantastic.
3: Oh, cheers, mate. Appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> <Dave>. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, get, I get that was an instant, uh, sort of an inducement to sign off but no I appreciate it cheers <laughs> bye everyone <laughs> Dave you've been superlative
0: oh yeah cheers nice one
2: <laughs> Clive all I'm going to say is you're going back up to Games Expert because that was a fantastic performance
1: <laughs> that's unexpected I'll, I'll take Cor- that I thought you were going to say i been plum average Anyway, uh, thanks
2: Come back next time guys Remember to stick around Stick
3: around Stick around
2: around. around.
0: (laughs) 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 Thank you all for listening
1: Rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe. It's Stick Around.